It's an amazing church, and I've been part of this church for ever since it started. I would have been here the first week, but um, the reason I didn't and wasn't here the first week that it started was because I was going to another vineyard, um, John and Ellie Mumford's. I got very comfortable, didn't want to grow. And when John Mumford said to me, I want you to go to St. Albans because you live in Bushy and it's pointless you travelling all the way to southwest London when there's one starting in St. Albans. Ring Chris Lane at this number and um, go. So I phoned. I didn't like the sound of him, so I didn't go. <laughs> you know? So that's why I wasn't here at the first week. I then went back to southwest London Vineyard, um, knocked on the door. John Mumford opened the door and said, What are you doing here, Linda? I told you to go to St. Albans. Go! <laughs> And I cried all the way home to Bushy. Um, and growth is really hard. And when you become part of the body of Christ, there's some things that you hear that you don't like. You know they're true, they make sense, but you still don't like them. And it's there that we need God's help. And the body of Christ, in order to start to be able to make those changes in our life. The week that I went to Chris's, and Fliss's home, they were very, very welcoming, ever so welcoming. Um, I sat in their living room, and um, I felt a peace of God, which I can't really explain, except for I knew I'd come home. I knew I'd come home, and I knew I was to be part of this church. And um, for better or worse, for better or worse, you know, because the family of God is like any other family. At this moment in time, we're quite dysfunctional. God is reconciling himself to us through Christ, and he is the perfect father, whereas usually it's the other way around. We have a dysfunctional father, and therefore the family's dysfunctional. Here, we've got a God who's perfect, perfect in love, merciful, kind, all the gifts of the Spirit, read them. He's like that all the time. His mercies are new every day, and here he is reconciling and changing us all to grow up in Christ and be part of him. So it is messy in a church. There's no two ways about it. And I brought this bread up because as we're doing communion, I thought, oh my goodness, isn't that so true, Lord? Here's Christ, the bread of life. Falling on the floor. (laughs) And you know what? Eventually, Christ, the body of Christ, looks so messy. Not together. And yet... All of those bits of bread have gone into each and every one of you. And in that, it forms and just says, this is the body of Christ. I'm willing, Lord, to go your way. I'm willing to try to go your way. I want you in my life. It's an amazing symbol. Amazing symbol. So now, this morning, we're going to continue how people grow. And because I'm so good at it, growing, that is, Um, I've got a lot to tell you. So I've had to cram it into 30 minutes. And um, so I'll talk very, very fast. And um, perhaps not. (laughs) I've tried that. It doesn't work. (laughs) I've also tried cramming as much information in as possible to cram it into everybody so that they'll grow that way. And that doesn't work either. So what I thought I'd do is let you know that the book's really good. You can find it on the bookstore. I'm going to be looking at the chapters on how people grow in here, where it says how people grow through the power of people, God's people, the power of acceptance, and getting and the power of forgiveness, and knowing that. So that's the areas I'm going to be looking at. If I divert a bit, no, I'll come back on track. Um, and 
what I'd like you to take away from it is that remembering that it is God's plan that we're here, it's God's purpose that we grow up in him, and he has given us everything in Christ to, to help that to happen. And we don't know the whole story. We really don't know the whole story. C.S. Lewis describes it beautifully. You know, like when we eventually get to heaven, it's like a huge page turns over, and then it says, and now the beginning of the rest of your life. Isn't that an amazing hope we have in Christ? It is incredible. So, as Richard said, he introduced me as part of the staff team, and I head up the pastoral care department. So you'll know that I'm passionate about new beginnings. I'm passionate about the truth of God. I'm passionate about God. And you can only get passionate about God by experiencing him. If you fill your head with knowledge, you do not get passionate. If you actually allow that huge drop, they say it's the longest drop in the world from the head to the heart. If you allow that to drop into your heart, or by revelation from God, supernaturally, or whatever, however you make that drop happens, eventually you too can be passionate. You can be passionate about what you love. And anybody who's passionate about bikes, passionate about films, think of something you love, you spend time with, you spend energy getting to know, working out. That's what happens when you get passionate about Jesus. You spend time with him, you get to know him, and you want him, you want him in your life. Ah, lovely first slide. If you keep on doing what you've always done, you will keep on getting what you've always got. And that is the truth of it. So if your car's got a fault, and you keep, like my dad, for instance, my dad, amazing engineer, but sometimes didn't take the time to fix things properly. So I go down to see my mum and dad. We go out in his car. My mum is in the front seat, and my dad is driving, and it starts to rain. And my dad, oh, Beryl, Beryl, that's my mum's name. Here, take this, take this. So she takes this, and what it is, is two pieces, I've forgotten this, because I was sitting in the back, two pieces of string, and my mum sits there going this, which works the windscreen wipers, because it's not fixed it. <laughs> that's what we like in our lives sometimes, we put things in place, you know. Stop the change that God intended happening, but fixes the problem for the moment, you know? <laughs> so I'm hoping to inspire you to go past that. Um, by the way, just to know, let you know that our desire for growth runs deep. When we're children, when we're babies, we just grow naturally. You know, we, we grow naturally. Something stops that process. And what you're trying to do is, is, if your process is definitely halted, is find out what halted the process, what lie you started to believe, rather than the truth of God, who loves you and wants you to grow. Um, our struggles we, we, we struggle with in life often remain the same, even with our best efforts on a good day to build ourselves up spiritually, mentally, and physically. I'm going to let you know my first mental decision to grow in knowledge and actually realising that knowledge was power, so therefore all I had to do was gain knowledge. I started my secondary school and um, decided I would go to the library every single day to gain one piece of fat knowledge every day, and I knew that that would make me clever. And the first day I went, this is the one that I learnt. If all the cells in the 
If all the cells in the human body were turned to building bricks, there'd be enough building bricks to build the Great Wall of China two and a half times around the world. That's the only fact I remember in the six months that I made that trip to the library. <laughs> and I haven't really used it very much. <laughs> so although I, my intentions were good, they were misdirected, I would say. Um, then I decided, looking at my, more recently, physically. Oh boy, do we all need to grow physically, or rather not so much big, but grow physically in strength and endurance. I recently cancelled my gym membership um, because I realised that the 30-minute swim that I'd just had cost me £75. Expensive, expensive. I'm attempting new disciplines to get fit. Spiritually, well, this might be easier, especially in view of how I started this talk, but actually, if you're trying to get spiritually through your own efforts, you don't grow. And I read about how the best time for your spiritual dis discipline, your quiet time, is like Jesus, first thing in the morning. You get up early, you make a quiet, safe space, and there you put aside for Jesus, put aside for communion and connection with God. Best way of doing it, except I'm not a morning person. So I get up early, I find my place, and because I want to do it properly, I kneel down, and however long later, I wake up, <laughs> and it takes me nearly an hour to be able to walk properly, because of pins and needles have just, my legs are dead, it's unbelievably painfully, uh, and didn't really result in me wanting to try it again, you know. But growth comes from connection with God. And it also comes from the ways that God has designed us to grow. And he's designed us to be part of a family. And being part of his family helps us to grow. So, Dennis spoke in the first week and covered so much ground about how spiritual growth and real life issues are one and the same. His talk is available on the website and it's well worth reading. Richard spoke last week about grace God's unmerited, undeserved, unearned favour and kindness that extends generous and loving provision for us to grow in him and know his forgiveness and love. And his talk is also available on the website. How our motivation to trust God comes from our understanding that God is good and loves us. He is for us. His desire for us to grow more and more in him that we would say no to evil and yes to him. And that is so powerful when we grasp hold of that. It is incredibly powerful. Hands up if you would like to grow spiritually and mentally. Nice one. We all do. It's in us. We just sometimes don't know how to. You'll see I'm not an expert by what I've shared already. But what I have learned is some of the ways not to do it. You know, and that is, is actually something I'm hoping to pass some of those things on to you. And this book definitely passes that on to you. New beginnings, for me, coming to know God's love was life-changing. I did not understand how he could accept me and love me, but I knew he did. I had an experience of God's love in my bedroom um, when I was absolutely at a place in my life 
where I realized that there was something destructive in me, that I was destroying what I loved and wanted to build up. I had two children at the time. I had a, I had a little girl and a little boy, and I loved them dearly, but I couldn't give them what I wanted to give them. And I also had a husband who I loved dearly, but because things were going wrong at his work, he and I were learning to be very destructive towards one another, rather than building each other up in love. And I realized I was tipping into a place that I'd been before with somebody else and I did not want to go there again. And in that place, I couldn't see a way out. And I made the decision, rightly or wrongly, I made the decision in that place of brokenness, realizing I would have to leave my husband and two girl, uh, my children. And at the same time as realizing that, I also realized I couldn't because I loved them too much. And in that place, I was broken. I, cr I cried out to God and said to him, please, oh, I didn't even know he was there. I just said, God, if you exist, please, please show me because otherwise my life is a cruel farce. And at that point, I felt God's love from the top of my head to the tip of my toes. And my explanation then was, you love me like this? I'm such a mess. And I knew I wanted to follow this God who loved me like this. I didn't understand him, I didn't know him, but I wanted to follow him. And I've been doing that ever since. Whenever I've got so stuck and not wanting to grow, I think, do I want to go back to what I had? No. Do I want to stay where I am? No. How do I get out of this place? And God and his people are the answer. They're the methods he uses. It is an amazing thing to be part of a loving, accepting body of people. It is an incredible thing to be part of God's family. And my experience was two weeks after that encounter, I walked down the road saying this, God, this is not going to work, me going to church. I'm not a good person. The people that go to church are good. I'm not. And the vicar that day stood up at church and he said, I don't know why you've come. I don't know why you're here today. But I've come because I know I need God in my life. I know I am a sinner and I need God. And I had difficulty not crying. And that was my first visit to church. It was an amazing thing. I didn't wait for the welcome or anything. I sat at the back and I rushed out before anybody could get there to say hello to me. I was not in a place to even acknowledge that I was part of this body now. I just knew I wanted to hit and run, hit and run. Come, because God asked me to run away, which is my whole my life, that's how I'd face problems. And yet God showed me a different way, and the different way was amazing. It brought life to my, me, it brought life and health to my family, it brought life and health to my relationship with my husband. And it is incredible, and I love it. So I definitely, definitely love the power of God's people in coming together as a body, being like him. I definitely loved that and experienced it. And it was that experience that started to change me. My first prayer meeting um, was a very elderly people praying for a couple who he had gone blind and she had had a stroke and they were wanting a gardener and there was me in the prayer meeting. And I thought, well, I, should, I could help them. 
And I really felt God's peace there. So I went and knocked on this stranger's door, which was fearfully hard, and said, um, I'll help you plant your bulbs. And they said, oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're an answer to prayer. You're so kind. I went, oh, I'm not kind. I'm, I just felt God asking me to, so I'm doing it. <laughs> I was, do you see how I just double-minded? I hadn't learned the truths. You know, that God was working who he was in me so I could be like him in the ways that he was calling me to be. So the power of God's people, it is amazing. And if you think about it, it makes sense. God is establishing his family here on earth and asking them to do his will here as it is in heaven. He started with Jesus, who came as a human being, just like us, relying on his father's love and his father's plans for his life and inspiring us to do the same. Furthermore, he connected deeply with those he walked with whilst he was here, and he shared his life with them, and that's what God is asking us to do. Ephesians 4, um, the next slide should go up. This is God's plan A. It's not that we should live in isolation. It's not that we shouldn't have good, healthy relationships. It's always been his plan. And um, that slide actually says, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. Each part does its work. Can you see what the scripture is teaching us? That God's plan is that we as his people will continue to grow until we become mature in the people of, in Christ. Are you ready to want to live your life like this? Or have you given up? Or are you going through the motions because you're stuck somewhere? Or maybe you would like to try but don't know how. Let us pray. I'm just going to ask God to inspire us to help us to use our imaginations. Father, I pray that you would bless us. You bless us in those places of our hearts and minds, Lord, where we're stuck or we don't know you. You'd inspire us, Lord. You'd inspire our imaginations and that you'd help us to want you rather than settle for what is now. The power of acceptance. When we finally understand that God isn't mad at us anymore, we can become free to concentrate on love and growth instead of trying to appease him. When we as God's family relate in loving, truthful and encouraging, non-judgmental ways with, with each other, it's very powerful. It's very, very healing. It has been said, it, it can also, church family can also be a place of disappointment and hurt. And hurting people often hurt without realizing it. But they need to stay connected. Even if you're hurting, stay connected with the body of Christ. Work through your difficulties. Many people are afraid of acceptance and try to earn it, and they can't. It's worth thinking through various ways you might be pushing God away and find out why. What's happening here, Lord? Why am I like this? Because acceptance, which is the next slide, frees us from the bondage to the law. Now in relationship with Jesus, we stay in that place of being accepted even when we break God's laws. In Jesus, we do not lose relationship even when we break the law. So we don't have to work hard enough, harder to be good enough for God. Jesus has settled that. And anyway, we can't, which is why we need Jesus. The warmth of acceptance builds trust 
and relationships. It is the bridge to a safe growth and produces relationships both with God and people. And we can only grow when we're sure that we're both known and loved. Acceptance gives this and creates safety to be an experience ourselves. Slide six should come now. I've got that slide six, you know, so I know where I am. Um, This is the power of acceptance in your life. It will bring to light, which is hard sometimes, the needs that we have that quite often, they're legitimate needs from God, but we try and not have them because it shows where we're weak and vulnerable. But we all have needs, sins and judged parts of ourselves, our hiding styles because we hide when we're broken, and our weakness and our brokenness. They're all things that the power of acceptance brings into the light. And they're really, really, it's good to do that. Believe it or not, this is crucial to spiritual growth process. And it will also be crucial to the growth and health in all your relationships. I read somewhere that how you listen to your loved one is how you listen to God. So it's worth improving. (laughs) <laughs> you know, especially if you think you're not hearing God very well. <laughs> we all have God's given needs for identity, love, acceptance, affirmation, recognition, and security. And acceptance helps us to feel our poverty in these areas without shame or guilt. So we can accept our good and part, bad parts safe in the knowledge that we have God's grace to deal with them. And that is God's process for growth. I love the fact that in this church, I know people well enough who I can go to when I mess up or when I sin, where I can confess my sin to God and they will say, in the name of Jesus, receive forgiveness. And I can wait in that place and receive forgiveness. And so often what happens is we try and confess our sin in the quiet of our bedroom, under the covers, so, you know, but we don't actually get free. But actually you get free when you start to be part of the body of Christ. And it says in James 5, confess your sins to one another so that you might be healed. And that is so important. It's James 5.16. And it also stops the the looking good type of religion that actually leads to more sickness and instead it brings us into healthy connection with God and people and we're known. The Bible tells us that we get discipline, structure and correction from other people who accept us in a loving, non-judgmental way that God places in our lives, we will grow in the things of God. Also, we are warned that a mocker resents correction and will not consult with the wise. So if you're wanting to grow in self-control with some area of your life, consider the role of godly discipline, structure and correction that you need in order to make the changes to grow. Definitely join a life group, try some of our courses, Extraordinary Women, Men's Breakfast, The Marriage Course, not for couples in trouble, but for couples who want to health and improve their marriage so it doesn't stagnate. 
the Me I Want to Be course, our Alpha course, our Restore course, where you look at areas in your life where you know you've hidden for whatever reason. Investigate, investigate those areas of your soul that, exi that exist outside of acceptance and find out why they do. Supportive groups are essential for that task. Supportive relations are essential for that task. Not relationships that keep us in that place. Oh, I know why you did it. I did the same last Tuesday. But relationships that will help us to connect with Jesus and get free. Does that make sense? You know, oh, yes, I understand why. No, no, not that way. Say, no, not that way, Lord. I want your way. I want your way. You know Slide seven, which is 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. And the next slide says, Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. And this type of support helps us to get through grief, trials, growth, and a whole host of difficult times. When the body of Christ comes together to help in this way, it is amazing, and it is life-giving, which is why it's so vital to stay connected to the body, especially in times when you would rather withdraw and isolate yourself. I'm just going to move on very quickly to the last point, which is the power of forgiveness. This chapter, I would say, read it. It is so worth reading. Borrow the book if you don't want to buy the book. Read the chapter. It's incredible. And it's not like you would think it would be. It's like, oh, my goodness, I know, I've got to forgive. No, no, it's not about that. It's about how to receive the warmth of God's forgiveness, how to, how to activate and get, get hold of that and into your heart, into those difficult areas of our soul where we desperately need it. Because when we are hurt or when we are sinned against or when we're in sin, what happens is our heart starts to harden off in those places. And in those places, we put up defences. And sometimes the defences are like walls and they won't let anything into that area. And actually what happens is then is that nothing happens in that area except for the lies that are already there, the hurt that's already there, just grow and fester. And every now and again, trip you up and bring shame and distress to you. Whereas the power of the warmth of forgiveness, of God's forgiveness, when you understand that, you just understand Oh, God, it's not about me being good. It's not about me getting those bad parts to be good. It's about me connecting always with your love, always with your mercy. And actually, there's a way that I can just be myself. And in that place of acceptance, I can tell you, tell somebody who is safe for me, this is what's going on in my life, and this is what I want to change. If you feel guilty, know that the feeling guilty focuses on you, and it is not godly sorrow which leads to repentance. It focuses on you wanting to feel better and do good. And yet, there's a better way. I'm going to show a clip from a film, and it is a really good clip. And I'm going to show it because 
Discipline, for example, was never intended by God to be harsh or unkind. And when it is, it brings shame and a desire to shrink back out of fear. And we start to lose who we are rather than who we're becoming. And we stop wanting to grow. And what I'm trying to say is explained in this clip from the film The Kid, where Bruce Willis, playing the part of Russ, who is successful... He's nearly 40, highly powered, and has spent all his incredible empty life since the age of nearly eight, avoiding intimacy, forgetting the child he used to be, and not having anything to do with his father, except sending a check to help him move rather than going to help himself, even though his father is desperate that he comes himself. Help me, please, son. No, I'm too busy. My time's money. Here's the money to get somebody to do it for you. And... Everybody he meets loves what he gives to them because he improves them, but they recognise what a beep, 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 beep he is, okay? Including, through magic, what happens just before his 40th birthday, he meets up with himself just before his 8th birthday, and they stay together until they work out why they're together And he has to look inside his soul, inside his life, to see what stopped him growing. And this is the moment. Godly sorrow leads to connection with God and is life-giving. And it helps us to reconcile those parts of ourselves that we wouldn't want but still have. It also helps us to confess and be open And good growth comes as love flourishes in our lives. And the good news is that Jesus said that he did not come into the world to judge or condemn, but to save it. It's worth finding out what that really means to you. Um, We've run over a little bit, so I'm not going to ask the worship band to come up, but what I am going to do is I'm going to read this. And it comes up on the screen and just... Have a think about it in that, in your own heart as it does. The, ex, the last slide, please, James. Expand me, O God, to the truth. Don't let me stay crouched in fear of the person you made me to be. Give me grace to grow up and out of all the smallness that I've accepted for myself, the less than person that I've settled for. Father, take me by the hand and lead me to those hidden rooms in which I have not dared to venture. Expand me, O God. Do not let me settle for anything less than all that you have created me to be. If you would like prayer at the end of the service for anything that I've spoken about, there is a ministry team to my right, your left, and they will be willing to pray for you. You will find that they will not judge you. They will accept you. They will hear your confession and they will pronounce forgiveness, and they will wait for you to receive from God. So um, apart from that, they have also there's a prayer team before the service that meets, and in that service, they have had these words of knowledge whilst praying for this morning. Um, somebody trying um, injury to the right knee, headaches, affected by bulimia, a throat problem that is, has an irritating cough to it, a right shoulder pain, and temperature problems. 
also pain at the top of the spine into their neck. Um, so if any of those words apply to you, please do go and get prayer because that's a, a, a sign that God is wanting to bless you and um, actually help you in your life. So shall we stand? And I'm going to pray the final blessing. Which is a number six blessing. John always wondered when the number seven was going to come when he first started coming to church. But it's the most amazing blessing. And it comes from number six, and it's verses 22. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Father, I pray that you would help us to want to know your love, to want to grow, and to love you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.